welcome everybody to the Flagstaff Mountain Film Festival podcast. I'm your host, Nick Irvin. Join me as we dig a bit deeper into the films and events of this year's 2020 festival. All right. Thank you so, so much for joining us on this episode number one of the Flagstaff Mountain Film Fest podcast. Today, we talked to Leah Shore and Tracy Fanara about their film, Extremophiles. Now, I have no doubt that this is one of the most unique films of the festival, and I think you'll agree. If you haven't seen the film yet and want to before we talk about it, you might have a rough time because they actually debuted their short film at our film festival. How awesome is that? Thanks again for joining us, and don't forget to download all the other Flag Mountain Film Fest episodes, and hey, share it with a friend. Now, let's start the show. And myself. I'm going to make all three of us sound amazing. Great. Great. <laughs> yeah, good plan. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. So just to start out, um, thank you guys for sure uh, for, for coming on and doing this. This has been an amazing response from the filmmakers and, and the people involved in the films. And I'm really, really excited to do this. You guys are the first ones. I was just telling um lee about it that this is the first we're the uh, guinea pigs yeah yeah and i'm really happy it's this one because this one i have a lot of of ideas and questions and thoughts about (laughs) (laughs) um because it is unlike any other uh films that are at least that i know of that are going to be on this and so that's rad yeah that makes sense it is very (laughs) much unlike anything i've ever seen before too yeah, I got to see, I got to see, it's a full, it's a four minute, four minutes and I think 23 mm-hmm. seconds. So we're here with Leah Shore and Tracy Fanara. Fanara, is that how you say it? That is correct. Awesome. Perfect. Nailed it. Uh, and so Leah, you are the, are you both, you're both the director and producer of this film? Sounds great. So, <laughs> perfect. Cool. And then Tracy, you were the, you were quoted uh, in the credits as the scientist. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was kind of a producer too. Yeah. I mean, we were like, we were part of this film festival where they pair a filmmaker or an artist up with a scientist. So we were like partners, right? Oh, cool. Right, Tracy? How would you describe it? Yeah. That's how I would describe it. A collaborative. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. How would you describe that process? Is that something that's been going on for a while? Like a program that you guys have been involved with? Uh, Yeah. It was uh, the Imagine Science Film Festival in new york it, it takes place I, I guess in a few parts of the world right in new york I, and dubai i think or oh that sounds crazy. right yeah it is somewhere overseas that's not crazy but i mean i've just never been there so um <laughs> i would like to yeah. nice. so this is the first time you guys <laughs> first time you guys have uh worked together Yes. Yeah, we didn't know each other before, and then you just you get you send in an application. They choose six scientists and six artists, and they pair them together, and you have like three days or something to make to make a film. Yeah, they they give you they give you a week from 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 the like they give you um like a theme. There's like a theme for the whole festival, and ours was uh what survival, right? And uh, and then like the the first day, they're like, all right, we're gonna pair you guys up, and then from there on, you have a week. Let's be honest, we literally begged them to pair us up. We met and we we, like fell in love. Yeah, we fell in love, and then we were like, all right, well, like we definitely want to be 
paired up somehow. I don't know. And it happened. <laughs> it happened for sure. I'm going to shut my door because I live in New York and the piping system here is insane. It's like somebody lives in my pipes and I'll be right back. <laughs> Keep talking. Uh, um, so while she, while she goes and messes with her haunted pipes, um, Tracy, what's your background? So my background is... Uh, I have a BSME and PhD in environmental engineering. Um, so I right now run a research program at a place called Mount Marine Laboratory, where I look at how man-made and natural activities uh, affect the environment and then how it comes back to affect human health. Um, mm. And it's just, I have to be that big because I have so many different projects from anything from uh, studying Florida red tide uh, in app development, website development, all the way to putting aquaponics on the moon with NASA. So like <laughs> it's it's a really wide variety of projects that I work on, but um, I've always been interested in environment because I grew up in Buffalo, New York and uh, love canal. Uh, when I learned about that in fourth grade, it was a industrial waste dump site where industries were dumping toxins into a canal that was leaching into the groundwater and the soils people were building houses and schools and there were birth defects and cancer clusters. And that's when I realized that everything in the world is connected. What we put into the environment ends up coming back to affect our health. So that's, that kind of started my journey. Um, and the EPA super fun program, as it turns out. That's great to make that connection back to us as well. Um, it's not just, you know, people think about harming all these little animals and plants and stuff, but it does come right back. The law of conservation of matter tells us like nothing's going away. Um, it's going to come back to us. Yeah. And it turned out that Brooklyn was just a huge, super fun site. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can imagine with the amount of population and industry there, um, which is touched upon on the film. Cool. Well, that sounds like a perfect match for you guys to to get together and and create this film. And it, like I said before, is one of the most unique films I've seen uh, on the in any year in the film <laughs> fest. Um, and right up my alley. I just just to give a. It's not about me, but a little background on me. I started my first degree was in film uh, at Seton Hall. I didn't end up finishing it. I ended up with a biology degree, but. Um, I was very into the very abstract and visual things of like, say, David Cronenberg or uh, there's a movie Pie that really this reminded me a little bit of just like the visualness. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you know that? Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, that's that's out there. I feel like it's out there. It is out there. Yeah. So this one struck me right off the bat. I mean, me and my roommate were watching it and <laughs> just like you could see it as soon as it started going we just started leaning forward <laughs> <laughs> and it drew us in immediately. It does that. It's like you can't stop watching and you don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I know why, because it keeps yeah. on like popping up with something that, that starts to disturb you. At least that's what I got out of it. Yeah. And, and maybe that was the purpose. We can talk about that in a little bit, but. Um, yeah. And we should definitely touch on the, the music that, that Leah chose because it was just so like, I feel like the music had so much uh, power behind it. Absolutely. Magnetism. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's hit that. Well, let's first walk through how you came up with this idea. Um, and it could have been uh, Leah's idea. It could have been Tracy's idea. It could have been a collaboration of both. But kind of walk me through that, you know, that that time frame of, of coming up with an idea to put this type of a film together. Oh, well, I mean, I, I met Tracy and I know I learned what she was up to basically saving the world. Still is. Um, and I, I had just read 
a, a New York New York Times article about how we had. I guess then they were like, we, we have till twenty forty to save the world, or else Yikes. it's going to end. But now I think it's like we have twenty years. I don't know. That's um, literally what she said to me the first time I met her. Um, oh god! And I was I was freaking out, and I was like, I don't know, Tracy. What are we gonna do? And it kind of stemmed from there with this film. And also, I don't un- unrelated, I guess. I, I was like, I also really kind of want to make a dance film, or like, I know I want to co- somehow incorporate dance in something. <laughs> and it kind it, it evolved from there an environmentally, I don't know, interpretive documentary, <laughs> environmental horror dance movie and we investigated brooklyn right tracy oh yeah Um, i had i learned so much yeah we learned a lot about brooklyn and how horribly polluted it is and how many uh super fun sites there are um and we documented that and and this is our film and i hope that made sense (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it did i mean yeah. your description of it was just like the film kind of <laughs> just yeah. very very visual um yeah those descriptors that you just said i i wish i could repeat them right now but mm-hmm. yeah a dance interpretive informative horror, horror. horror. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and i learned i learned a lot through tacy too because when we were filming it i was just like well what's happening in this location and she described what was happening like in the water and then you know we articulated that to the performers who are very talented dancers. Like um, the, we have two performers in the film and it's a man and, and a woman. And the man is from the show uh, Sleep No More, uh, this famous performance uh, show in New York. And then the woman is this amazing choreographer from Brazil who won a Guggenheim grant. Um, so very talented people. And, uh, yeah, and it, so nice too. Yeah, super nice, and everyone was gung ho. We had we had a really talented crew. Our cinematographer is this award winning f- photographer. Um, she she's worked on so many films. Hair Wolf that that won at Sundance, and we had we had a collaborative producer, and it was just great. We had a lot. Of, I had a lot of fun. I don't know about you, Tracy, but I had a lot of fun making it. It it was a lot of fun. And the cool thing was is how we were able to incorporate the history of the area within the dance. Like, tell a story that would would have taken forever um, in just, like, a few shots, which was fun. Right. Yeah, yeah. We told the dancers. I was like, all right, well, you know, these deadly bugs are what... What you, whatever you told me in, in Guanas Canal, yes. these things, the extremophiles, this is what our film is called, are, are, it's in this water. Can you please, you know, perform it this way or like however you feel? Yeah. So at one point, um, the only, the organisms in uh, the Guanas Canal, pretty much the only thing living, were called extremophiles. Now, these are microbes that exist when no, nothing else can, like really extreme conditions. And if you have them, that means that something has gone very badly awry. And then we went to Noonan's Creek, which still allows 21 outfalls of wastewater, raw sewage into into the canal um, from what we were reading, at least. Um, I'm not sure if it's it's treated at this point, but at one point it was raw sewage. 
Nice. So these extremophiles are like an indicator. Um, like you said, if you find them, it means, you know, uh oh, something's something's gone awry. Yes. Yeah. It's like a, it's exactly right. That a water quality indicator. When you, when you told these, the actors, Roseanne and Brian, I think their names are, uh, you just kind of let them go with it or did you have, cause there's a couple scenes that are very choreographed, like you said. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it depended on which scene, like, I mean, personally, I had certain shots where I was like, I want you to do this, please. But I mean, I'm not a dancer and neither is Tracy. <laughs> I, right. I, I was like, can you please be water, you know, or like, <laughs> can you be an extremophile? No, they, they would have to do something. And, you know, I'd be like, yes, that's great. Or could you please redo, you know, like dire- directing. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what you do. Yeah. <laughs> if people were getting sick from either cancer or intestinal issues or migraines, brain tumors, anything like that, they were kind of trying to act it out. So right. we would tell them, you know, when they were being people, we would tell them what, you know, what the ailments were. Cool. I want to I want to talk about that too because it did seem like sometimes they were one subject and sometimes they were another. I almost kind of want to leave it up to the people to kind of like form their own thoughts on on what they were, but when they first appeared, I I thought they were business people. Um, like they were industry or they were corporate when they were they sitting were. there sipping their coffee. Okay. All right. That was good. part and, of, that was part of the history. Yeah. Yeah. And then dumping the, the coffee, um, or, you know, the, the symbolism of the coffee into the, the river or the canal. And then you're hit with them becoming, I guess the, the extremophiles themselves in mm-hmm. those situations in like, well, I'll let you explain the, the I mean, kind of darker good. scene, the darker I, scene. Like I like they that. Were, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too, because it basically, that's kind of what I concluded with that, that we have become extremophiles. We're the oh. ones that surviving this terrible, you know, these terrible uh, environmental devastating events that we are actually creating for ourselves. Um, but that was just my take on it as we were filming. I mean, I think you can interpret it a bunch of ways, to be honest. So everyone should see it. The end. Um, <laughs> or, you know how everyone's destroying themselves or even like, you know, entropy. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I love th- I love things that you can interpret, you know, however you want at the end and it doesn't leave it and it leaves it open. I mean, some of my favorite films in the past have been the ones that just kind of end and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> you have to think about it later. I mean, having this conversation after a four minute film, we're going to have a conversation, you know, who knows how long this is, you know, that's expanded quadruple, maybe five times as long. Yeah. I think that's what makes, that's what like classifies it as an experimental documentary, which hmm. not a lot of people make those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is that one of your specialties? It seems like. I don't know. No. <laughs> I guess so now. Yeah. 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 It is now. It's one yeah. of your expertise. <laughs> yep. So while you guys were filming, was was there any reactions you remember of passerbys? Because this is definitely, like you said, experimental yeah. film is definitely different. Uh, were there any moments where that, that pop into your head where passerbys, I don't know, said something or reacted in certain ways? Yeah, you'll see a shot in the film where somebody reacts to it. We kept it in. It's is funny. that the what? And and this is for people after they've watched it to dig deeper. So and there's going to be a spoiler alert on there. But are you talking about the guy walking across the bridge? Yeah. 
Yes, that was that was great. <laughs> Everything just kind of stopped, and he just walked across and left. I love that. <laughs> and that the dancer's ability to to hold that pose was really cool too. I think that was awesome. Uh, the moment when we had them put that stuff in their mouth. Oh. And they were that was actually really funny in person. Yeah, like that it was, was it was really funny. that was really entertaining in person. <laughs> Yeah. And they held it in there. And so you didn't expect that at all. I didn't see anything like that coming because right. they turn and then they let it Wait, out. Which, and like, Whoa. which part, Tracy? Uh, there are multiple parts. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> the like, um, oh, yeah, that, yeah, the it's mouth like a dental, dental spacer. Yeah. yeah. That, that dentists <laughs> use uh, in surgeries that we bought on Amazon. It was genius. <laughs> and then you, you had to see the. Um, the set that was created in Leah's apartment. Like that was, that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What, how did you, was that in like a closet or something uh, or a pantry? No, we made it in my uh, bathroom, in my living room. Oh, Uh-oh. is that my place? <laughs> Sorry. No, it's my place. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Is that any better? <laughs> Can you still hear it? The, the yeah. extreme of files are coming. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to mute my. Are you safe? Yeah, my sister's just burning something. Oh. (laughs) Okay, I think we're okay. (laughs) She's laughing. I hear her laughing in there. I'm sorry. Um. So, uh, I I think one of the big things I came out of watching the film was that I had more of a of a feeling oops as i punched the microphone here i uh, had more of a feeling that i ended up with than like a very detailed you know it could have been a 45 minute documentary with all this stuff about the pollution in brooklyn but i think it was really important and really cool that i i more walked away with a feeling and was that always the thought i guess i didn't know you guys only had a limited amount of time to create this yeah so that kind of makes kinda sense the amazing thing about it that's insane that's that's crazy. So you did it in a week or less, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man. So to convey that feeling was kind of the, the thought right off the bat instead yeah. of, you know, just throwing a ton of information, um, at someone to, to create that feeling. You're exactly right. And like, it was exact opposite from what, what I do, like in all my videos and like the shows that I do, I'm always throwing, throwing facts. So this was really cool. Like to work with an artist that had such, a different uh, view, angle, and vision. Like it really opened my mind to how to connect with people. Exactly. Perfect. Like, Leah's yeah. genius. She really is. That without that connection, I saw it with the students. You know, you don't connect that information somehow emotionally with them, then you know you've lost a big opportunity. So the combination of you two together <sighs> to create this, and you, pup. <laughs> um, <laughs> is is perfect to me that's awesome i was i wanted to talk about a couple of the specific scenes but one in particular and i think you actually touched upon this but the school desk and the gas mask scene that was that wanted me i took a screenshot of all the different places and events so i can go back and look at them later but that scene hit pretty hard because they had gas masks on and they were at like these school desks and doing this choreographed dance scene um can you explain to us just quickly what that connection was yeah, that location, they, you're supposed to bury, they like collect a ton of flammable substances, like paints and, 
I don't know what else, Tracy. It's a, like, yeah, it's a hazardous waste dump location, but but all of the the barrels were leaking, or a large number of them. Dude, and, they're supposed to dispose of it properly, and they're not. Right. And, and if you, like, light a match within that location, it can literally go up like a nuclear bomb. Oof. It's, it's very dangerous. It's very similar to Love Canal in that, in that sense, where those yes. toxins leach. And the reason for the school desk was because that area is scheduled for mass build-out with, with the schools and playgrounds and apartments and houses, like, in, within the next 10 years. And there, there are also, like, schools around there already. And yeah, children true. play around there. And, and to me, that, that just echoed something that of the 1950s and uh, performing the nuclear bomb, like, you know, hiding you know, it could. And nobody was protecting the facility, too. So you could just easily enter or try to yeah. break in. Um, All right. Hopefully this podcast doesn't go to the wrong people then. Well, <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of people know already because yeah. we found it online. So <laughs> I did an Instagram story on it, too. Yeah. Um, and, um, then, and then we practiced the dance in my in my apartment. Like at like six in the morning, <laughs> over and Everyone over. Did? No, the performers. But we were like standing there, eating bagels, being like, "Yeah, that's amazing. Keep doing it." And, and, and like it evolved into like you know what what you see now in the film. Um, okay. But that 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 was the most choreographed movement in the film. Yeah, yeah, you can mm-hmm. tell that that was yeah, yeah was- just that repeated motion. And 100% Leah's vision. Yeah, I think that was probably the most impactful. And that made me think, okay, I need to write down or, or like I said, take a screenshot of these places and look this up because this is obviously like it impacted. And I hope people that listen to this will go through and, and find that information as well um, and look at these places uh, and maybe. Yeah, they've been pr- protesting about that location for, for a while too, like a ton of people and nobody's done anything about it. <laughs> Yeah. But it is finally on that super fun list. There's mm-hmm. a really long list of super fun sites between 1880 uh, and 1950. The amount of industry and the industrial revolution and everything that came from that and all of the contaminants into the environment were just, I mean, it was unprecedented, of course, but it's also never been worse as far as as far as the hazardous waste and the lack of regulations. Now we have a huge population and and all of these other um, contaminants and, and we're still harming the environment, but 1880 to 1950 with the industrial waste was a pretty severe time and Brooklyn was mm. booming. Can you explain to us what a Superfund site is? Oh, sure. So. Love Canal, like I was, I was saying earlier, was the event that initiated the Superfund program. So what that is is um, the environmental, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency that was uh, developed at that time as well, um, makes a list of sites to be cleaned up um, and remediated for um, for rehabilitation, basically. And uh, there's, there are sites around you that you might not even know. Me in Gainesville, Florida, I had no idea. About two miles away, there's a, there's a super fun site that people had been protesting. I never heard about it at the university. Um, but they're all over the place. 
And uh, it's a very long list. It takes a long time to get that cleanup and it takes funding too. Most of the time they try to get uh, the responsible parties to pay. Uh, but if they can't, uh, I believe that government funds are used at least partly. Yeah. So these sites, a lot of them might not be even labeled. Like you said, you had no idea and it was right down the road. Right. None of them were labeled. I mean, we went to Schmargisburg, right? And oh, yeah. There's, there's a no huge... sign that says yeah. this is a super fun site. <laughs> it's a huge food fair that thousands of people attend and it's incredibly toxic. <laughs> the ground, wow. the ground is toxic. Yeah. Wow. And they're, and they're having food mm-hmm. vendors and all yeah. that, right? Yeah. Sure. So basically it was during the gas and light industry, they changed the way that they were making uh, lights since then. And they're thinking about going back, but the way that they were making their lanterns and lights back then, and then disposing um, of those chemicals into, into the ground, uh, there's like what, it was like seven feet or 17 mm-hmm. feet of yeah contamination. that was like 25 feet or something crazy yeah you might be right yeah. um it was it's a very deep depth of toxicity in then um so if you're thinking about a person in the audience who you really want this film to to hit and inspire what do they what do they look like who is that person that you're really trying to trying to pin down if there is one anybody even if you know about i i mean it was just brooklyn because that that's where we were at the time but to me i felt like it spoke to like a broader audience you know it's just like it could be in your backyard you know this this is for For, everybody yeah and for me like i i thought that it was so different that finally you know people that watch my stuff they're looking for environmental stuff most of the time or they're looking for science and this film it didn't throw science in people's faces. You wanted to know what it was about and you started to pick those things up as the film goes on. So so this film, I think, in a, as strange as it is, it has the ability to reach those people that aren't looking for science and might be educated accidentally. Like, like Mythbusters fans. Mm. Accidental education, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and then, so one other thing I wanted to talk about, um, if you guys wanted to maybe discuss in your, in your different, indi- well, you're in the same industries with, with film and production and stuff, but um, what are some of the big steps that you see in the future for, for women in science or women in filmmaking? Um, I think that's, that's something that uh, I know we hit in the, in the film fest here, we have a whole session on, on uh, women and women's films um, and issues. So do you guys have an idea of what some of the next big steps are for that? More inclusion without having to say this is a woman's film thing? For, for me, it's a, this whole women in, in science and women in STEM thing has been, um, I've seen so many different sides of it. You know, I was an engineer, I was in project engineering where I was the only female at times. I was on a, a, a panel of, of all men, and I actually thought it was a, a benefit. I mean, I wasn't invited to the baseball games or anything like that, but it, which kind of makes you feel bad and like left out. Um, but uh, you learn how to present yourself in those situations to be taken seriously and to be at the level of everybody else. Now, at Mount Marine Laboratory, it was founded by a woman. We are, the majority of our scientists are female. 
And I think it has something to do with the marine biology, marine science field in general. There's a lot of little girls that see a dolphin and just fall in love. Um, so I think that that, you know, that kind of thing has something to do with it. But it's, it's pretty amazing to see the, the surge of women in STEM, especially on social media um, and the science communicators that, that are, are coming through. And um, eventually, I, I really do think that, that all of the, the movement and the elevation given to women in STEM and women in science uh, is actually working. Like, I, 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 feel, I, like I feel empowered by it. Good. And STEM, uh, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. And so pushing through that and then Leah, you said you'd like to see it not like inclusion without having to say. Yeah. Like just do it. I, I, I don't know. People keep saying that there's a movement. I haven't seen it yet. Right. I totally see that too. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we're doing a panel. It's a women's panel. Well, that's till, still secluded. Just have a just put women in a panel with everybody. Just inclusion. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. And hire women directors. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> right, which is actually rare, isn't it? Yeah. Of female directors. Mm-hmm. That's a, That's all I have to say for now. <laughs> cool. Good deal. <laughs> um, right on. Uh, yeah. So. I think this is going to, like I said, I think we're going to see people in their seats as soon as this starts, start to lean forward and open their eyes a little bit more and really leave them talking. I think whatever other films are there, when people are walking back to their car after watching that session, they're probably going to be talking about this film. I think so too. (laughs) I love that. And the deeper connection of the science with the art is something that I was very, very excited that you guys got back to me because I wanted to present that to people and I, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that. And, and we did. And I thank you guys for that. Um, is there anything else you guys want to want to plug while you're here? Uh, I, I just, I'm very thankful to have met Tracy and to have made the film because it definitely influenced me as a filmmaker and artist. And I hope to incorporate that more in my future films and art. And, yeah, same thing with me. She was such an inspiration to me to just like, it's okay to like, just be, just be different, you know, unique and, and own it. And that's what Extremophiles is. And that's what Leah's all about too. She's just so original. Like I can't, can't really put, she's going to, she's going to do something amazing with film. Like you just watch and for me, if anybody wants to see science and environment, follow Inspector Planet, YouTube, uh, Instagram mostly, uh, Facebook, yeah. and uh, Twitter. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys again. Uh, this is great. And I can't wait to see what's next for, for both of you guys. And if a collaboration ever comes up again, definitely uh, contact me because I want to want to check it out. We, we need to do a follow-up film, Extreme Files 2. Part 2. <laughs> Before the extreme. Yes. <laughs> a prequel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. That's be- that actually might extreme. be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-extreme. Yeah. Right. Uh- I really like that now. Like, I could totally see us going into some rainforest and like having that be our setting. And then just like oh, showing, that. yeah. <laughs> we can talk. 
okay. I'll let you guys create your next your next big thing. Um, yeah, cool. Thanks again, yeah. and uh, I will let you guys know as soon as I have this kind of edited and um, put out there, and I'll throw Sorry you guys a copy. Sorry, we gave you so much work. <laughs> oh, you no, you didn't at all. No, I only have three notes of something to to edit, so that's that's great. That's, <laughs> that's good. Awesome. There were just three big sessions. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. It was great to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, keep on fighting the good fight for sure. I yes. highly, highly appreciate that. And hopefully, everyone's okay. Whatever that was. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening in and digging a bit deeper into the film with us. For more information, simply go to the show notes for a couple of links on the filmmakers and the films. If you enjoyed this, please take about 30 seconds to subscribe and rate the podcast so that we know y'all are digging it. I'm Nick Irvin, you're you, and this has been the 2020 Flagstaff Mountain Film Festival podcast. Cheers and see you next episode.